It is that time in the week once again. Time for another edition of the Speaking For Him podcast. I am Adam McNutt alongside the host of the program, Mr. Andrew Gamison. Hello, Adam. This is Andrew, and I'm glad to be with you on another Friday. We are finally done with our first book in the Speaking For Him book club for 2014-2015, and it was a doozy. But we have some interesting uh, discussion hopefully ahead. But let's uh, get started with our quote of the day. i got to be honest. I'm glad I got the quote instead of the book. Because <laughs> I have a feeling this would be a little bit simpler for me to read here. This uh, says here, honest people don't hide their deed. That is Emily Brunt from the book Withering Heights. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I kind of asked uh, Naomi to take the lead on this one a little bit because she suggested this one and I read it and I have to say it was a very stretching experience. Um, I definitely have to readjust um, to reading things that are a little more intellectual because I'm used to um, contemporary fiction where you can read half of a book in a day because because you because it just goes that fast and this one you have to think about a little more. So um, why don't we get started? by uh Naomi you giving us some of your introductory thoughts um well the first thing is that I had often read that Wuthering Heights is about the relationship between Heathcliff and Catherine but I feel that there's a lot more in the story so um in many ways I felt that the book is about Heathcliff Heathcliff coming into this family and life after that and how he affects those that are in that family and uh, and also a neighboring family. Well, and I and I would just say there's a lot of pairs, a lot of relationships in this book, and sometimes it's hard to keep it all straight, especially since there's some similar names. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's like three Cathy's or derivatives thereof at least in, in the narrative, and then the narrative changes because there's different people telling a story. There's a guy telling a story about a story that he was told. Mm-hmm. And so, and then somebody passes away, and then somebody's telling the story about the person that passed away, starting with events before they passed away. So I, I thought maybe they had risen from the dead or something. It was kind of <laughs> strange in that way. Um, it's kind of one of these things where you, I, I found that as I was reading it for the most part, except for the last couple of days, I kind of, wanted to get done so I read more but for the most part I read a few chapters and then kind of tried to digest it um and uh then went back to it after a little while and read a few more and I don't want you to think that this is a reason not to read it because I think part of it is my own naivete and my need to stretch uh myself to um higher quality um in my fiction and uh I just really thought that um, there is a lot about uh, bitterness and what it can do in your life. Um, Heathcliff is actually adopted into this family, and his new one of his new siblings becomes one of his best friends, and the other one uh, kind of resents the fact that he's there, and so never gets along with him, and so he kind of grows up with this revenge mentality. 
this victim mentality. And I think a lot of people, even that I know of today, live in a victim mentality. And when somebody lives there, it's hard to get out, you know. Um, and we need to we need to stop that. We need to start to realize that through Christ we can do uh, amazing things, and He has a plan and He has everything under His control, even imperfect people that He places in our lives. And so those are just some of my introductory thoughts. Um, so Naomi. Uh, was there anything in particularly, and there there isn't, I guess, there isn't a lot, but was there anything humorous that you thought, thought of when you were reading this book? Humorous moments? Not really, and I think that's part of the reason that it can be somewhat hard to read because it's not a happy love story. It's somewhat depressing, but... Um, I think she was trying to show, like you said, the bitterness, how it affected the person, and how Heathcliff kept trying to hurt those around him because he was hurting. And um, I did think it was interesting how the fits some of the characters would throw, like they would throw a fit, and, oh, I'm going to die. And <laughs> so some of that was kind of, did people really do that, or did she just put that in for dramatic in the book? Oh yeah, because you you all you also have to wonder about the characters telling the story, mm-hmm. because as you're hearing the story, you're also hearing the development of the characters telling the story, even though they're fictional characters. Obviously, like the housekeeper in particular, had her own depiction of events. So then you ask yourself, well, how accurate was this? Because like my brother said, there's a point in the in the uh, book where she's essentially like taken captive and yet she still continues to work for the guy that took her captive Mm. so it's like why did this happen and i won't go into much more detail on that point but just to say that it's one of those interesting character arcs that writers today for the most part probably wouldn't think of Mm -hmm. yeah i do think there's a lot of creative writing i think the neatest part about the bront sisters is how they write from one character is telling the story and how they're able to tell so much feeling from, you know, like me saying, and I, Andrew was hurt or, you know, like how they're able to tell from one or two people's voice, mm-hmm. but be able to tell so much. Yeah, exactly. Because the interesting thing about first person narrative, especially in fiction, is that you don't really think of people remembering things in that detail. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, when they're writing it, they have to write down the details so we can read it. And so it's always interesting. But it's also true that when traumatic events happen in our lives, we remember um, that more than other stuff. You know, the day that my brother passed away is a day that's burned in my memory like it was yesterday. I could tell you um, most of the day. Uh, and because it's just a day that doesn't go away. So there is some of that, but the amount of detail, um, and of course, you have to fight the television mentality too, because this was written pre-television, reading was the thing to do, and so that's why these books were ginormous and had tons of detail that we don't bother with today a lot of times. But I think um, overall, it was a good thing. Um, And then uh, talking about biggest lessons, we already referred to the bitterness um, that 
was evidenced in several of the characters. But I also think um, it kind of talks about how dangerous it can be to accept um, other people's uh, way of doing things. Like, it's never bad to get advice from other people, but there's a couple characters uh, in the book that really wanted to be together, and they kind of accepted that they shouldn't be together because of their social class. And then both of them basically had miserable lives because they didn't get beyond their social class and just allow themselves to love one another. So I think that the biggest, well, some of the biggest lessons, uh, two of the biggest lessons are don't let bitterness eat you up. And the book of James talks about that, not letting a root of bitterness come in and ruin our lives. And then um, doing what you know is right, regardless of how popular you might be in the end. Mm -hmm. Uh, Did you have any thoughts along those lines? Well, and I think back then um, he would have been considered a gypsy, which back then was looked down upon, uh, not only as a nationality but as a social class. So there was a lot of prejudice in that against her marrying him because he would be a less, you know, in many ways. Kind of um, reminds me of the biblical Samaritans mm-hmm. because the Samaritans were, were part Jew but they weren't considered full Jews, and so they were people stayed away from them. But uh, we also know that in the case of the Samaritan woman, she was, she was ready to accept the truth of the gospel because she knew she wasn't anything. Mm-hmm. So that was a, a big key for her. Uh, do you have a favorite part of the book? Yes, um, because I love to read, obviously, in a book club. Um, I love the part when Catherine wraps up the book because I should back up a little bit. Harriton doesn't know how to read, and so he's trying to teach himself. And he wants her to teach him, but she at the time doesn't like him. And anyway, fast forward a little bit, she realizes that um, if she keeps pushing everyone away, she'll be completely alone. So she reaches out to him by wrapping up a book and having Mrs. Dean give it to him. And I just love that part because she's not only offering a peace offering, but she's offering a relationship with him. Yeah, and and that's great. I mean, it's kind of um, a uh, an interesting aspect of relationships is meeting people where they are. And I know that with my siblings even, that's something that I've had to learn. I have a brother that really likes video games. I don't like video games for the most part because I can't play them because my hands don't work right and I just don't get into that world. But because I want to have a relationship with my brother, I will often ask him about the video game that he's playing, what his, what the goals are in the video game, what the storyline is, because it gives us something to talk about. And because I respect what he wants to talk about, it also opens up conversations on the things that that I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. And so that's been a blessing. And so I, I just think that there's a, a real um, blessing with uh, meeting people where they are and just being there for them. I, I just think it's interesting um, all the crazy stuff that happens, but just the there is redemption at the end. Mm-hmm. Like, um, you know, you kept telling me the book's going to get better. 
and and I kept saying, well, when does that happen exactly? The last five pages. <laughs> well, a little bit before that. Well, the funny thing was, okay, about 80% in, I'm like, okay, it's starting to get good. Then the whole kidnapping thing happened, and I'm like, wait a second. It's not as good as I thought. But then the end is good. Um, I would still recommend that people read this book, if only to remind us what these things can do, what bitterness can do. And just to remind us uh, the power of love and how it can redeem. Um, I I definitely think that we have an overly cliche view of love because we don't know what it means. We think that it's all about feelings and X's and O's. Um, but but when you when you get right down to it, some of these early classics uh, kind of lay it out in in better terms and. Uh, there's an unlikely pairing at the end, I guess I would say, in a sense, an unlikely pairing, but it's a good one, and I, I still would recommend this book, um, despite the fact uh, of the difficulty that I kind of had going through it, because I really wanted to, in this book club, you know, because I could have just stacked the deck with all these easy reads, but part of the reason that I wanted to do the book club and brought Naomi on board was because there's books that I've always said, I'm going to read that someday. And then I would never get around to it. Well, this way, um, I was accountable. I checked in with Naomi regularly, and, and she would, and I would say, well, this is where I'm at. Um, when does it get better? And things like that. <laughs> and then I would, but I would also say, this is the progress I made. And then when I finished it, there was a big, uh, it was a big relief and a big excitement to be able to tell her that I finished it. We come in and record this podcast so it's definitely been a blessing to be able to do that and um, to be able to continue to bring you uh, these book club episodes we would really encourage you to be involved uh, we're gonna reveal our next selection at the end of the show and hope you'll grab it and uh, read it with us so that we can record in a couple months it probably won't be quite as long uh, between episodes as this one was from the introduction podcast because the next one should be a little easier to read but uh, we definitely would like more people along for the ride and if you ever have any thoughts on any of the books we cover you can also if you're reading send us a voicemail on the blog uh, before we record and then we'll be able to include it um okay what character would you say you most related to in this Mrs. Dean, the Nellie, um, just because she's very content with her family. She loves those around her, and I really liked her just uh, very, um, she wanted the best for all of those in, within, you know, her family, and I thought that was really neat. So. Um, well, I ended up really liking uh, the young Catherine at the end. Um, like I said, I was looking well, I don't know if I mentioned this on mic or not. If I did, I'm repeating myself. But one of the things I always look for when I look for when I'm reading a book is who am I going to root for in this book? Uh, because when you're rooting for somebody, it just makes the book more interesting. And it was really hard to find that person. But the but um, the young Catherine, I believe Kathy, she was someone that I really enjoyed. She had a, a lot of questions. I like people that ask questions. And she was determined to get the answers. And, uh, you know, she could have 
folded under the pressure. You know, she could have just given up and despaired. Kind of like Jane Eyre, who we talked about last year. Uh, she could have just given up on life, and she didn't. She held on, and, and things did get better, and she was a big part of that. So I think she was uh, my favorite character. And the one uh, that I related to as well. And because I've gone through, I mean, I don't want to, it wasn't nearly as bad as some people have, but I've gone through my struggles in this life, but I know that God has sustained me and made me stronger for them. You know, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger is not just a Kelly Clarkson song. (laughs) (laughs) It is, it is, there is much truth in the statement. So, um, uh, was there anything in particular that surprised you as we were reading this book? How uh, far the author took the relationship with Heathcliff and Catherine, the first Catherine. Um, I kept thinking that, okay, surely she's going to tell him he has to leave. Or So I was somewhat surprised by that, but I think she was trying to show, uh, in a way, how tragic their story was. Yeah, yeah. And again, I mean, it, I think it just speaks to making sure that we make wise decisions mm-hmm. and not, you know, not selfish decisions and not self-seeking decisions, but also not decisions that we know are going to put us in misery just because it will look better or feel better to the people around us. Mm-hmm. And that's very important to keep in mind. doesn't mean you don't respect those around you, especially the authorities in your life, but you also can't, you shouldn't force yourself into something that is not you. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I deal with this when I'm pursuing um, my, uh, my, voca- my work. I'm doing things like preaching and doing this podcast and trying to get more involved in radio because it's my passion. Uh, I'm very rarely more animated or more alive than when I'm behind the mic here in the studio and getting to work with Adam and people like Naomi, that's what that's what makes me alive. And so trying to balance that, because it's not a paid gig yet, at least, uh, trying to balance that with needing to pay bills, it's very hard because on one hand, I need to be willing to do anything to work hard, to labor with my hands, to hopefully one day be a provider, but even just to provide for my own necessities at this point. But on the other hand, I don't want to do something that makes me totally compromise my passions and change my whole direction either. Mm-hmm. So those are things that need to be in balance. Yeah, there's the part where Mrs. Dean is asking Catherine why she wants to marry him. And she says, well, he has money. And she's, and Mrs. Dean says, not good. And they go back and forth that way. And she never, she says, do you love him? And she doesn't really answer if she truly loves him. So. All right. Now we are coming to a very important question, the final question of this week's episode. And that is, I kind of already answered this, but I'd like Naomi to answer it. If you were to tell somebody why they should read this book, what would you say? Well, this book is beautifully written. The grammar is amazing. I never once So read. maybe that's why I had a hard time getting into <laughs> yeah. it because I have bad grammar. I don't know. <laughs> well, I never once read the word got. 
I was actually looking for that. <laughs> and um, One of your literary pet peeves. Well, I'm trying not to say it myself. Um, uh, the story is not predictable. Um, the interaction with the characters is very real and raw. And um, also, I feel like a lot of, mainly young people's books today, they're trying to justify evil. They want to make vampires the good guys. And I'm not saying vampires. If you like vampire books, that's fine. But um, in this book, I feel there's a very definite line between evil and good. And so I appreciate that. And I think that's a good good thing to... I definitely think that is so true. Um, I think that's probably the biggest thing in our whole culture. Um, Jesus said, woe unto them that call good evil and evil good. And that's really what we've come to in a lot of areas of our culture. And so as we seek to uh, make sure that our minds are, are open to the truth, uh, reading books with a, with a good dividing line of that is a, is a definite plus. Mm-hmm. Uh, Adam, I know you didn't read this book with us, uh, and you made an illusion earlier that you uh, were glad that you just had to read the quote, not the book. <laughs> All this talk about grammar has got me shaking my boots over here. <laughs> but, but did you have any thoughts on some of the general topics that we talked about today? Um, I guess one in the fact that, um, you know, it's 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 winter, not a lot to do outside. I know Naomi before the show mentioned that she loves snow, so maybe she's out reading the book outside under a tree. I don't know. But... <laughs> Uh, if you're looking for a, a book to read and one that uh, you know could take maybe a little more time to do, this would be a good time of year to do it. And um, it sounds like it was kind of more the the serious romantic side of books. But I did notice one thing that there was kind of a, a plot twist and a couple surprises. So if you're big into the plot twist stuff in in literature, check it out. Sounds like uh, they've been giving a good review here, so worth looking into. All right. Well, thank you, Adam. Thank you, Naomi, for being with us again. We will look forward to having you uh, in a few weeks again when we review uh, The Scarlet Thread. And this one is kind of interesting in that it mixes a modern story with a story from a century before. So two stories in one. Um, And like I said, it should be a little easier to read than this past book. So we should be able uh, to get it recorded in the next couple of months. And get it out to you. So if you want to read along, pick up The Scarlet Thread at your local library or at your local bookstore. And read with us and let us know what you think. And we'd love to uh, have you either leave a voicemail on the blog about it. Or possibly even uh, come in the studio and talk about it with us um, if you want to. We will have, uh, we will make sure that we notify people a few weeks in advance of when we're going to record so that that can happen. Well, I think that's all I have for you today. Um, And I'm glad that you listened. I hope that you're enjoying these book club podcasts. I know I love them because I love to read. And uh, so I hope to continue to bring these to you. And I hope that these will be books that you not only enjoy reading, but also build your worldview and help you uh, to live a more go- godly life and a, and a sold-out life for Jesus Christ. Because that is the goal that we should all strive for here on this earth, and that is definitely the goal of speaking for him. With that being said, 
I will just say, make sure that you contact us with the contact info at the end of the show. And also, keep serving the best of masters. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Your host has been Andrew Gomison, founder of Speaking for Him, alongside his co-host and executive producer, Adam McNutt. For more information on today's show and to leave us comments and voicemails, visit speakingforhim.blogspot.com. You can find Andrew's ministry at speakingforhim.com. That's speaking, the number four, H-I-M. You can also interact with us at facebook.com slash speakingforhim and on Twitter at speakingforhim. And when you look for us on iTunes and Stitcher, let us know what you think of the podcast by leaving a rating and review. 